0: Hey, y'all. What? Did I just say (laughs) y'all? Sometimes I am from Southern Ohio. I mean, I actually am from Southern Ohio, so it's just kind of funny that that came out. But hi. Hi, y'all. Hello, everyone. I can speak different American languages. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Buino, and this is a show where we talk to other healers about the intersectional journey of healing self while caring for others. And today's episode is very cool and very special. But before I get to that, I told you, I think in the last couple episodes, I finally found some statistics that are pretty cool. Well, is it stats? I guess it's stats, whatever. But I found out where people are listening. And I already told you where people are listening around the world, but in the U.S., Our top listeners are from Chicago. Hey, what? Portland and Denver, which is super cool. And then the places where we have like one or two listeners. I don't even know what states these are because I couldn't find it on the map. But Carrollton, if you're my person from Carrollton, thank you for listening. You're amazing. Ashland, Ashland, wherever. I don't know. I don't know where these people are from. But then there's Naperville. Naperville, Illinois, and I bet you it's my friend David. Hey David, thanks for listening. <laughs> so anyway, just thank you for listening and sometimes I really lean into the gratitude of having this podcast, being able to share these conversations and, you know, I've heard back from a lot of listeners lately and I just I just can't say thank you enough. So if you want to say hi, check me out on Instagram at Head Heart Therapy. That's where I do most of my social media hanging. You can also connect with us on Patreon. If you give $5 a month, you are eligible to hang out with me once a month where I do little virtual meetups. And you can even give as little as $1, and I send you little fun presents when you donate. So. Thank you for being here. Okay, now let me tell you about my amazing guest for today because he's somebody that I love so deeply with my full heart and soul. And this conversation is just indicative of that. So please let me introduce you to Brian Thompson. He says, as both a tax attorney and a certified financial planner it's in caps. I don't know why it's all all in caps, but I had to read it like that because it's in caps. Brian provides comprehensive financial planning to LGBTQ entrepreneurs who run mission driven businesses. Entrepreneurs, I can't say this word, entrepreneurs hold a special place in his heart. He spent a decade defending them against the IRS as a tax attorney and has become one himself as an advisor. Brian is a special, special human that I am so happy is in my life. And I'm really excited to share this very cool conversation with you today. So please enjoy my convo with Brian Thompson. Hello, Brian. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer.
1: Hey, Sarah. I'm happy to be here. So excited.
0: I am happy to have you. You are a baby podcaster.
1: I am. so I got all my stuff set up and it's exciting Mm -hmm. to see somebody else in their element and see how it's done
0: right yeah it's it's always fun to be like oh why do you do that what's this about and then be like oh yeah I'm not going to do any of that because this is just fine (laughs) right
1: Right. I just learned what a pop screen was so maybe I'm right it it looks really cool so I feel like maybe I'll get one
0: yeah it whatever we don't need to talk about pop screens today (laughs) What we're here to talk about, as I said right before we started recording, I really have no idea where this is going to go, but I'm so excited about it. Yeah. So you're a baby podcaster, but you're so many other things. Mm -hmm. And one of the most important things to me is that you're my Al-Anon friend.
1: Uh, Yes, that's where we met. Al-Anon Buddies.
0: Al-Anon Buddies. Yeah. And it was a couple of years before we started. It was COVID before we really were like, hey, you, let's talk.
1: Yeah. Well, I think for me, I'd always noticed you. and Same. And I saw you sitting there and I was like, oh, I'd really like to get to know her, but I'm also very shy. So I tend to be like, um, I'm just going to wait till something pops up. And I think our birthdays are close together. And I Um, And we're near the same age. And so when I found that out, I was like, oh, that's my in. I'll I'll say happy birthday. And how's your birthday party? I feel like that's where it started. (laughs)
0: Yeah, totally. And now we're friends. Now we're friends. And podcast buds. But one of the cool reasons that I asked you here. So you do stuff that I am going to guess that when people read your bio, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this person doing (laughs) on a podcast about healing? Because we wouldn't necessarily think about law and finance in the realm of Mm -hmm. healing, but because you're a person who does your own personal work and you're especially digging into impact investing, I thought what better conversation to have than about your own healing journey personally and then how you're applying that professionally. So would you tell people like the elevator pitch of who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. So I'm Brian Thompson. I own Brian Thompson Financial. I am a tax attorney and a certified financial planner. And my firm specializes in serving LGBTQ entrepreneurs who run mission-driven businesses. Pitchy enough?
0: Beautiful. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. And draw the line back for us. Little Brian running around the world. Did you grow up in Chicago? Where'd you grow up?
1: I didn't. I was born in Michigan and grew up in Indianapolis.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. So little Brian running around Indianapolis, I'm sure he wasn't like, I'm going to be a tax attorney when I grow up. Like (laughs) what was going on for you as a kid that then led you into this career?
1: That is an interesting question and a very convoluted story, right? Because I I felt like I've always been this reflective type of person. And you Mm -hmm. talked about in the beginning about how does a person in law and finance get on a healing podcast? And to me, they're very much the same. And which is why I actually have a lot of therapists that are clients All of this stuff is mixed in together, personal work and your ability to manage your finances and to live the life that you want, because that's really what personal finance and managing your money is about, is being able to really support the life that you want to live. And you need to have that internal reflection, reflection, that internal work to say, oh, this is the life that I want, and this is what I want to go after, and then this is how I can use my money to support that life. And so going back to high school, Brian, I would read a lot of books on philosophy. I've always been sort of interested in numbers, and I think that's really been my way of controlling things, making sure that I have things ah. in order. <laughs> yes, taking it back to yes. the Al-Anon route. I
0: know nothing about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I actually went to, when I went to undergrad, I was a philosophy major. as a philosophy and English writing double major. And mm. I was just into personal work. I was into religion. I was trying to figure out how to live the best life because I figured if I knew what that was, I could follow the rules and everything would be perfect and dealing with a lot of internal conflict around being gay and also being black in a very, very white environment. And so there's a lot of shame around that. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress and anxiety. And so trying to deal with all that internal conflict led me to trying to find the perfect life, trying to find this right way and be perfect in everybody everyone's eyes. I feel like I did a fairly good job of that. I was a very good student. I was a very sure good athlete. you did. <laughs> Uh, I was popular. I I did all the right things, but I wasn't authentic. And I didn't really know that until very much later on in life. Mm. And then when I got to, when I graduated, I was talking to my advisor and he was like, Well, you have two paths. You could go and get your PhD in philosophy, any college will want you, or you can go to law school and make money. I was like, Oh, I like money. I'll go to law school. (laughs) Oh, right. Right. Yeah.
0: Just two options. That's it.
1: Right. That's all you can do. Man. And so then I, I applied for law school and I went and my second year of law school, I just fell in love with tax. Something about the rules, it's so the weird. numbers. <laughs> it is weird, right? It's so weird. I've love learned it. to embrace it because people like I used to not tell people like I just love I loved the rules and the exceptions to the rules and the exceptions to the exceptions to the rules and being able to figure things out. I love rules. As I said, I, I yeah. want to know what the rules are and figure out and then. Mm,
0: and then do it right. Do it right. Can we stop on that for a second, too? Because sure. That's such a brilliant, like all of our desire to fix, manage and control in the world. Like that is the most brilliant example of how you can like use that survival strategy for good right? Instead of for evil. <laughs> that's for so evil. brilliant, right? Like, wow, I'm just really impressed with that. And thank God that there are people like you, because if everyone was like me and was scared of numbers and math, then <laughs> we would just all, I don't know, we wouldn't eat. I don't know.
1: We wouldn't eat. I'm sure we'd <laughs> figure something out. And I feel like that's really the, the crux of my business is being like, oh, mm-hmm. everybody has these special skills or talents or interests or passions. Mm-hmm. And if you actually all focus on those we can change the world. You are incredible at what you do. And so you can leave the numbers and things to me and you get to do what you get to do. Right. I
0: love to do that.
1: Right. And so to me, it's a part of a part of the process, finding what you're passionate about, finding what turns you on and Mm -hmm. doing that and forgetting about everything else. Mm. I was going to quit law school and become an accountant. That's how serious I was. And my one of my advisors there was like, no, you can actually do tax and (laughs) law at the same time.
0: Oh, my God. And then you like freaked out. That's so cool.
1: Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. Wow, I I love it. And I've always been a spreadsheet nerd. I've always been a personal finance nerd. Fast forward a little bit. I practiced at a law firm for 10 years representing small businesses and individuals before the IRS. And I took my certified financial planner exam on the side because I just love it. I loved learning and I Right. It's so weird, but
0: (laughs) it's so weird. But I also I love that you were like, oh, I used to hide this before. And now I share it because the joy on your face right now, people could see how (laughs) joyful you are about loving these numbers. Anybody would be like. I love this weirdness. Like I have a friend who's a beekeeper now. This is a just total aside. And I'm like, that is so weird. And it's so cute. Like how excited you are. I don't give a shit. Like it's whatever your weird thing is like, yes, do it. 100%.
1: Completely agree with you. It's so important. And again, that's, that's why I've created this firm, right? We figure mm-hmm. out what your passion is. Mm-hmm. We talk about your vision for this business, what your values around the business are going to be. And then we talk about strategy and tactics, how you build this business for whatever purpose that you want it to be. Keeping those three things as the core lens of saying, what do I want to do? What do I want this to be? Where do I want it to go? I say this all the time to all my clients. You can create whatever you want. And nobody believes me at the very beginning. But as we get into things and they're like, oh, I actually don't need to do this. I don't need to work on Saturdays. I, I don't need to work after seven. <laughs> I don't need to... <laughs> Resonate a little bit? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's just about the reflection and the internal work of what it is that really brings you joy and brings your passion out and doing it, going after it. hmm And that for me is after I started was practicing for a little bit, I realized marriage equality was coming around and mm. I knew that I wanted to help. I love numbers. I love personal finance. I was like, what can I do to help support my community? And it was this, it's planning. It's helping people understand all these rules and nuances that we're just now getting. And figure out how to make the most of them.
0: Right. And it keeps changing. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I'm always like, I don't know how y'all keep up with this shit. Like my accountant (laughs) is always like, oh, yeah, there's this new rule that came out in this law. And they're like, you have to be an attorney to read and understand these things. And my CPA is not. So I don't know how she does it.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's especially this past year. It's been absolutely Mm -hmm. nuts. Sometimes I wonder how I because I also write for Forbes and I have to explain this to people explain all these changes and explain how what's happening and it's sometimes very stressful <laughs> trying to figure out what's happening and why are people making rules that are leaving big chunks of people out
0: yeah well, and and just to give you a plug for your Forbes articles, I remember you posted something on Facebook and I read it and I was like, wow, that is really well written. I actually <laughs> understand this because usually if people are talking numbers and taxes, I'm like, la, 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 la. <laughs> and, and then it, like I read the whole thing and then I went back up to I'm like, who wrote this? And it was you. It's me. And I was like, <laughs> duh, of course it's him. But then I just want everyone to know, like, look for Brian Thompson's articles because Because they explain everything. And if you are a person who is not interested in this stuff and is not a nerd about it, it will help you make sense. And because, Brian, I think, you know, you do bring this healing lens to the table. I think that's part of it because you write in a very relational way. Yeah. And that's not how most tax attorneys think.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. And I feel like that's a part of my, you know, you, you come to this point in your life where you're like, oh, all of this stuff is a culmination all my past is a culmination of where I am right now. And right. I was a writing major in college, where so I wrote a lot. I wrote for newspapers, I wrote, and I feel like that's helped me create the space where I can really convey complicated things in a simple, accessible way.
0: It's such a gift. Thank
1: you. I appreciate you saying that.
0: You're welcome. And I also wonder, too, because as as you're talking about this, like looking back and thinking like, oh, everything up to now has has led to where I'm supposed to be. I wonder if there's something about your 40s where that's a common experience for people yeah. who've like at least at least the folks who've really sought out their own healing, because I resonate with that 100 percent. Like even the really bad things that have happened. I'm like, I had to have that in order to be here. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if it's really reserved for people in their 40s. I'm sure that there are a lot of younger people who have had traumatic experiences that realize this has all happened to get me to a new place. To me, I I feel like I've been fairly late to the game. I've only been in Al-Anon for three years, and it took a very traumatic experience Mm -hmm. to get to that place and get to this Mm -hmm. place of revelation and being like, oh, this is not what life's about, taking care of other people or doing things for other people and losing yourself. It's about you and your passion and what you want to do and figuring that out. And it's work mm-hmm. to figure that out right? as you, as you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work and a, a lot of different avenues. And so mm-hmm. I feel very fortunate. I still get emotional talking about it. I feel very, Please. I feel very fortunate to have had the experiences that I've had, even as tough as they've been and mm-hmm. they've been tough, but I feel like I'm in a very, very good place where I need to be.
0: Mm-hmm. And it shows. Thanks. Can I ask kind of a, a therapist-y type question with that? Like of course. The, the emotion that just came up, what, which emotion was that?
1: Gratitude.
0: Mm.
1: Also some pride and a little bit of comfort. Mm. Saying, yes, I'm, I'm where I need to be, doing what I need to be doing and feeling good about that. Feeling like you're, oh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the future is right. going to bring, but it's worked out so far.
0: Mm. You're so special. You really are. You really are. I'm just like, Thank you. <laughs> my editor makes fun of me all the time because I always have these like love fests with people I interview <laughs> on the podcast, but it's even worse when it's a friend already. And then yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I love you so much. You're like, I love you too. <laughs> but seriously, it's just, yeah, you're really, really special. And you saying that you kind of saw me in the on on room mm-hmm. and was like, hey, I want to mm-hmm. know her. I definitely, I saw that in you too. And it's so funny, you guys. Brian is like eight foot <laughs> thousand. Like he's so tall. Yes, and eight I'm, foot and thousand. I'm, yes, <laughs> that's, a, that's a number, right? See how bad I am at numbers, Brian? <laughs> but he's seriously like one of the tallest people I have ever been in real life with. And I am five feet tall. And you were small. You made yourself small in that room. It's a very tiny room also. (laughs) So you made yourself small. And then like over time, I watched you sit up taller and straighter and be like, allow yourself to be seen more.
1: Yeah. Wow. I'd never heard that. And I appreciate you bring that. It sounds right. It resonates that I definitely Mm -hmm. try to make myself small because Mm -hmm. right. Tall. I'm six, four for reference. And so tall- Oh, okay, fine. (laughs) Tall black men tend to be, Mm -hmm. tend to intimidate people in quotation marks. And so, especially in rooms like that, when you're one of few black people, you, and again, I feel like a part of that too, is I'm just shy. I don't like being vulnerable with other people. And I know that in order to do that, I have to trust you. The thing that I trusted about you is that you were very open and vulnerable in the meetings. (laughs) Like you would just cry.
0: I hold uh, no shit back in that room.
1: Yeah. And I was like, wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like most people are like, whoa. <laughs>
1: no, I was I was impressed because mm. I was like, oh, that's how mm. that's how I'd like to be. Right. Be able to just mm. be yourself and not care what other people think. And <sighs> I feel like I'm getting there and getting there in my own way. I don't need to, to do it in the same way that you do it. It's just <laughs> seeing your example was very powerful oh. for me.
0: Thank you. And to clarify, I do care what people think, but I just can't not be vulnerable. I think you've even asked me this before because other people have asked like, you know, how do you get the courage to be vulnerable? Like, I just can't keep it in. <laughs> I think I think it's like. On the spectrum of feeling, there are overfeelers and underfeelers, right? Mm -hmm. And like the slide is somewhere. I am on the overfeeling side and it's taken me a long time to only be that way in like Al-Anon or therapy or like really intimate relationships. I used to be that way everywhere. Wow. That's a lot, right? Right? Well, it seems
1: like a lot. and I imagine that that got you in trouble, right?
0: 100%.
1: So you've had to learn how to dial it back. That's so interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. It's just the dial, yeah.
1: It's the dial. And I've had to dial mine up. And mm-hmm. I still feel like even though I've dialed mine up, it's not not very far along the spectrum. I, I can be open and vulnerable with you because I know you and I respect mm-hmm. you. And this podcast venture has been a new expression of vulnerability. Writing, it's easy to put myself out there because I can control it and I can manage it. But with this, you sort of just let happen what happens. And the end product is the end product. And you put exactly. that out there.
0: Right. And you can only edit so much. Right. You can take things out, but you can't just like, oh, I wish I would have said this word instead of that word. Right. right? You can't you can't Mm -hmm. punch. I mean, I guess you could, but it sounds stupid if you do that. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a different it's funny. Yeah, there's a different level of vulnerability because I think about. I host this podcast where on this podcast, truly, I don't care as much about what I say because it's me. I'm only representing myself. And I mean, I guess my company, but whatever. Everybody is cool with that. (laughs) Like, if you listen, you know. But then I am hired to host another podcast and I feel, I feel, I'm going to take agency. I pressure myself to show up in a very particular way. And so I'm much more cognizant of it. And it's so it's like it's interesting in terms of like level of authenticity. Like there's got to be a different dial because I'm authentic. I think it's just the weird factor, like the weird factor and the vulnerability factor. I will turn up and down. Mm -hmm. But I think the authenticity factor because I don't think about what I say on here quite as much as I do there. I don't know. I don't know if this is an interesting conversation for people to well, hear.
1: <laughs> okay. Can I ask maybe one more question this. about it? If, I, if, you,
0: think, if you think I, it's interesting, then other people will.
1: Well, I'm curious because we all have this space where you're, you have to be somewhat different in different situations. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand the weirdness and authenticity. It sounds like you're authentic in both spaces, but there's something about that other space that you still have to monitor and watch yourself.
0: Well, it's like and you probably know this really well being in a, what I would consider a much more like professionally rigid profession. Right. But there's what is professionability? professionalism, professionalism, professional What fucking words am I saying? Professionalism. <laughs> right. So what, what is professionalism in any given field? And, yeah. and this is an interesting conversation to have in terms of race and queerness. Right. Mm-hmm. All of these things like, what is acceptable professionally Mm -hmm. and because I'm a therapist I think we have much more lax than your field much more lax rules quote-unquote but also still I generally am like fuck those rules I just want to be myself but if somebody's paying me I'm gonna follow the rules
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but your clients are paying you right your clients are still paying you. And Well,
0: they're that's different because they are paying me because they want me, right? They want my weirdness, right? I put on my website, look I'm weird, I have a nose ring and crazy colored hair. Do you want this? <laughs> cool. If you're if you're consenting to this great. But when people are hiring me for a podcast, there's a certain product that they want to put out and my brand is not I guess, I don't know. It's int- it's interesting. And I, if if I shared this with Brad, who is like my boss for the podcast, he'd be like, what? You feel this way? You have to change yourself. I know he'd be like so upset about it, but it's it's subtle. It's not, I'm just turning down the weird just a little bit. I'm turning down the vulnerability just a little bit because it's not, it's also not about me. This podcast here, it is about me, even though mm-hmm. it's also about the guest. We're just tweaking the dials. Now I kind of want to do an image with the different dials that we play with yeah. all the time. What about for you?
1: Well, I, I feel like, to me, there should be one in the same, where you are still yourself. You still put yourself out there, your brand, whatever you want that to be, and people will come to you and, and pick that up, and they'll like it or they're not. And that's what I was referring to earlier, is like, you can do whatever you want. The rules of professionalism are made up, and they're, they're archaic rules. I wear By T-shirts. old,
0: rich, white people.
1: Correct. Rich, white right men, usually. Yeah, right? thank you. Mm-hmm. And so... I wear exactly what I'm wearing now, which is a black t shirt, right? Mm-hmm. In my client meetings, I don't need to dress up. I don't need to wear a tie. I don't need to meet with people in person. I need to find 50 people that will want to do what I do and enjoy it. And when you start thinking about things in that context and thinking, oh, I can still be myself, I can be everything that I want, and still somebody's going to like that. No matter how weird you are, there's weird stuff out there, right? Oh my God,
0: so much weird stuff.
1: So much weird stuff. And they're they're people that still like it and apply and you just figure out how to make that a business, make it happen. Yeah.
0: And I'm thinking about the converse of that. And a question I learned in an anti-racism training is like who benefits from professionalism? And it is the establishment. Right. Because if it's like if rich white men are like, this is what professional is wearing a tie, wearing a suit. It's funny. Rich, my my husband today had an appointment and oh, my God, he's going to get in trouble because he wore jeans today. But um, he was like, he was like, I have an appointment. I'm not supposed to wear jeans. Do I really have to change? And I was like. No, like you're sitting with a client going through a bunch of dirty tax boxes of like <laughs> receipts and shit. No, you're going to get dirty. Like, right. wear your jeans? And I was t- I was telling him, I'm like, just so you know, like, that's a product of white supremacy is like this, this <laughs> professionalism. And he's he's so cute. Like, he wants all that information. Yeah. But it's so interesting because, of course, people of color don't benefit from that. There was a movie, and I never watched it, but I had a gay client who was telling me, I think it's called Do I Sound Gay? And it was basically Mm. talking about how gay men sound and how gay men have had to essentially code switch, right? Like turn that down Mm -hmm. in order to be presentable and professional. And I, I think now in history, it's becoming, and it's obviously not completely safe by any means, but it's becoming safer and safer for people to show up 100% authentically, like you're saying.
1: Yeah. And I think it's becoming safer and safer because more people are doing it, right? The more people that do it, the more people that are themselves and are really authentic about what they want to do and how they want to approach things, the more Mm -hmm. other people pay attention and say, oh, I can also do anything that I want. Yeah. It's very powerful. And it's a ripple effect.
0: Yeah. That whole, like, let your weird flag fly. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's all fly our weird flags, dudes. Seriously. (laughs) And
1: I think the cautionary tale there is it has to be your flag, right? Mm. I I always think of gay men. My issue with coming out and being gay was I didn't know what gay looked like because I was very straight acting. Mm -hmm. And so then you go to the other route. Maybe I need to wear short shorts and talk very Mm. high and trying all these things that still weren't me. Right. It's it's Mm. still acting. It's still pretending. You're just pretending in a different way. So being able to do that internal work and say, oh, what is it that I want to be? Mm. What is it that I want to look like? And how do I want to present myself? And letting that be okay, Keeping Mm. your flag, the one that's flying, rather than trying to be somebody else's no matter what it is.
0: And that is the quote. (laughs) That is your pull quote. (laughs) Yeah. I love you so much. I love you too. Oh my gosh. Mm. Let me take a moment to just interrupt this amazing conversation and remind you that Head Heart Conversations is a webinar series that we're hosting for psychotherapists, and it's designed to invite your inner healer to the forefront of your personal and professional life. At Head Heart Therapy, we approach healing from the inside out. And we believe that in order to offer the best care to our clients, we therapists must do our inner work as well. And at this point in history, we're called to move beyond the old ways of being and courageously step into a new paradigm. Therapists are poised to support our clients' transformation, but we must also transform ourselves. And in this four-part series, we encourage participants to learn about themselves as well as enhance their clinical skills. And our second webinar takes place on Friday, May 7th. It's titled Trauma from the Individual to the Collective. And myself and Rael Grayson team up to investigate how trauma affects a person internally and how that personal impact informs our collective experiences. There will be a special in-depth focus on racial trauma and how we begin to heal from the traumatic impact of white supremacy and as a special thanks to conversations with the wounded healer listeners you can get 20% off your order by using the code podcast when you register for more info and to register visit www.tinyurl.com/hhconvos let's talk about investing for a little bit because that's that's one of the reasons i wanted to have you on cuz i'm thinking about this personally for myself and You know, we just started a simple IRA with my company and I'm like, okay, what do I do with this money? I read you had an article out and I was like, of course, Brian has an answer (laughs) for how I am conscious with my money. So tell folks a little bit about what that looks like, all of it. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it's a very wide space now. Everybody's looking for ESG or socially responsible investing and what that looks like and how impactful that is. And so there are many different ways to do that. And there are many people that are setting up funds now that just say, um, we're going to invest only in certain companies and remove those things that don't invest in fossil fuels or that don't invest in guns or private prisons or those types of things, and trying to find those types of investments that are aligned with their values. And I think that that's an important step. I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues last week, and we were talking about how actually impactful is that because it is the stock market Mm. and it's still capitalism and Mm-hmm. Does not investing in these things actually have the impact that we want? And so his tact is to, well, stick with low-cost index funds, save as much money as you can, and then have a giving strategy to make sure that you're giving mm. to organizations directly that have the impact that you want. In the end, you're going to be more impactful doing that than paying extra costs and fees for being in these types of ESG, socially responsible investing funds, SRI funds. So it, there's there's very different methods The article that you're referring to is about community development financial institutions. And that's that's another type of impact investing that actually has been proven to be very impactful because these types of companies then reinvest in either underserved or minority owned communities and banks Mm -hmm. and businesses. And you can do that in many ways. You can invest in a CDI bank, a CDI credit union, a CDI investment fund, venture capital funds. Any of those routes get money to different communities. And so if you're trying to really have impact, that's to me the best way, which is why I focused on CDFIs rather than this entire realm of ESG mm. or SIR funding, because I know that those are impactful. And one of the people that I interviewed in my podcast started one and mm. is very big in the industry. And I admire him so much for all the work that he's done and all the work that he's put in because he's been doing it for 40 years.
0: Wow, like before it was even cool.
1: <laughs> Before it was cool, right? It just wow. got cool. It just got cool last year wow. after George oh. Floyd. And people were like, oh, Netflix is investing $100 million in CDFIs. Maybe we should pay attention to these. And he's like, you should have been paying attention to these a long time ago. Um,
0: wow. So I I sent your article to my our simple IRA manager. Mm-hmm. And guess what he said? You can't do it? He said, we don't find a lot of returns on these. <laughs> So basically, they don't make you a lot of money. And I, I had mm-hmm. to be like, and he's a black man, right? Yeah. So let's just talk about like how the field works and how, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to say to him my priority because I have so much privilege, mm-hmm. so much privilege, and there's enough I feel safe. Like if I retired with everything that's in my bank account right now, plus what we're going to inherit from other relatives, I'm going to be fine. And I said that I said, I'm going to be fine. And I really, really want to do something with this that's actually going to be helpful. Like, can we talk about this? And then he sent me something. Was it BlackRock? Does that sound right? Mm -hmm. Is that a thing you're familiar with? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. He He just sent me that and didn't say anything. So we haven't even really had more of a conversation because it's funny whenever I, especially as a business owner, there are so many things that I would much rather like, I just want to pass it off to you and have you do it. But. Things like this, I have to know something about because I have to be able to have a conversation. And right now I feel like I can't just because I don't know what I'm asking exactly except to put my values first before my – what do you call that? What's the thing you get back from your interest? Return? Okay. Return. Yes. Interest, return, whatever, right? Yeah. That's all I know is that I want to do that, but Mm -hmm. I also don't want to be an idiot. So. yeah. Because a lot of people who work in these realms have a hard time translating back to human language, it's so difficult to communicate. And so, again, another reason why you're fucking amazing (laughs) and everybody's going to hire you after this. Seriously, you're going to get a bunch of business. It always happens after I air somebody's podcast episode. They're like, oh, my God, this is why everyone should hire you.
1: I appreciate you saying that. And actually, I don't have a lot of room left. So... Hurry up.
0: <laughs> Hurry up, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I wonder, too, if it would be helpful to sort of talk through that part of, of how you think about this type of investing and what it does. Because he's right. These are what people consider the bond part of their portfolio. And bond returns are somewhere mm. between 2 to 4% versus okay. stocks are somewhere between 8 to 12%. And so mm-hmm. you don't just invest in CDFIs if you're trying to balance your portfolio. So the goal... To me, what I tell my clients is we focus on three things that we can control. Our cost, our diversification, and how much money we're putting in. Those are the only things that we can control. And we let everything else take care of itself. We know that if you do those three things in the long run, you're going to be okay. And so it's about building a portfolio and not just saying, oh, I want to invest in CDFIs. I just want to invest in those because you're not going to make a ton of money. You can do both. And that's, right. that's my thing. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Both of these things can be true. You can make an impact with your investing by having a bond part of your portfolio that's in CDFIs. And you can also invest in low-cost index funds and have them balance and say, I'm going to do both. And this is what I'm trying to do with my money that also makes an impact. And there are other funds that also have, like I said, that are socially responsible funds that leave out certain things and let you feel good about what you're investing in. The impact is going to be different. And that's To me, that's what my next article is going to be about is what is the actual impact of investing in something like an SRI fund or an ESG fund? Because I think in the end, it's exactly what you're saying. I want to have an impact with my money. I want to make a profit and I want to have impact. I want both of those things. How do we do both of those things? And that's, there are many different ways that we've talked about before as far as like Mm -hmm. saving as much money as you can and then giving it away or investing in funds that you really feel good about and- it goes back to that very beginning of what is your purpose? What is your vision? What are your values? And we use those as a lens to then develop this portfolio for you. But it's a conversation. It's a conversation that we all need to have. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear that your person is like, no, I'm just going to give you this. No, it's a conversation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure he's not used to getting that question, Probably right? Because I mean, I'm guessing that not a lot of white women are like, hey, how do I... I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Maybe I'm just <laughs> judging white women too hard. Whatever, whatever. Whatever. But yeah, I mean, I'm even though it's hot right now, I'm I'm still sure that the percentage is much smaller than the mm-hmm. people who are like, I want to make as much money off this money as possible. Sure. Because that's what we've been taught. That's what capitalism, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's what linear thinking, patriarchal thinking is very much like straightforward. We have to continue to make money. We have to continue to do better. I remember when my brother was working for a major company and he was in this like sales position and it was such a bad fit for him. Like Hmm. we are not salespeople. That is not, (laughs) not, not how we're built. And he was like, well, yeah, I'm supposed to like meet these metrics and the company is supposed to do better every year. And I was like, that literally isn't possible. Like That's the stupidest idea ever. If we think every year we have to make more money, there are so many factors that go into that. Mm -hmm. That's dumb. (laughs) So if we stop thinking linearly and start thinking more like circularly and like cycle wise, which is a more feminine way of thinking about it, right? Like, I don't know. Am I saying words that make any sense
1: right now? I I do understand. Yes. And it does make sense to me. (laughs) And To me, it's it's this concept of black and white thinking, right? That it has to be one way or the other. And to me, what I've learned in Al-Anon and in life Mm -hmm. and in helping support people that run mission-driven businesses is that you can have both. Both of those things can be true. You can have an impact and you can make a good living. And that's hopefully what I help teach people.
0: Mm. Mm. (laughs) Let's shift into the healer question because I'm really curious how you're going to answer this. Would you consider yourself a healer?
1: I do consider myself a healer. Very much Yay! so. Yay! <laughs> uh, to me, financial planning is about the art of financial planning, which is dealing with the emotional aspects of money. We all have emotional baggage around money. Mm-hmm. And to pretend like we don't is foolish
0: because mm-hmm. it a-
1: affects the way that we act with money. And then mm-hmm. also learning the technical sides of it. I need to learn what SRI investing is or what ESG investing is or how CDFIs work. I need to know the technical knowledge. And the thing that I love, love, love about what I do <laughs> <laughs> As, you guys, he just
0: leaned back and was like touching himself. Not an inappropriate way, but just in a like, oh luxuri, like, like I love I this. I love it.
1: Go I love on. It. <laughs> I, I love that I get to do both. I get mm. to help hold space for people and whatever they're feeling and help them progress in a way that is towards their goals and their vision and their values. And do it in a way that also gets to tweak that nerd logical tax side of me that says, I want to know the rules and the, all the exceptions to the rules and the exceptions to the exceptions and play with them and make sure that I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the best that I can for my clients. I get to do both and I absolutely love it. And I've been fortunate enough to see how people's lives change from the work that we do. To me, that's the healing aspect of it. They are, are completely transformed both personally and financially. Because they are more aware of what they want, who they want to be, and how they're going to get there.
0: I'm just trying to imagine a world where all financial planners show up the way you do mm. and how different the world would be.
1: Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's, it's, I feel like we're making that transition, us who are in the younger core. Really? I think so this so. is a
0: trend? You're not just a unicorn?
1: I don't. I'm definitely not a unicorn. I feel like there are a lot of special people that do a lot of great, impactful work. And it's just a part of this progression of people thinking that we can do things a different way. It doesn't need to be, hmm. we can do anything that we want. We can make a living. We can earn respect and admiration and money by being ourselves and focusing on what it is that we want to focus on. And to me, that's a new concept. And You know, I think a good example is before the pandemic, I was already having virtual meetings, right? There's Mm -hmm. a a part of the people that I learned from is you don't have to meet in person. All of that meeting in person, having having an office and shaking hands and offering coffee, that's not what this is. That's not what helps people. It's showing up, holding space, having empathy and helping them achieve what it is they want to achieve. And you can do Mm -hmm. that virtually. And so when Mm -hmm. pandemic hit, People are like, oh my God, my, my firm is, we have to change so many things. It's like, no, not me. It's gonna open my computer. Not me. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll just sit here, and drink my coffee by myself. Yeah. What's coming up for me as you're saying this, I am feeling more hope because, mm. you know, as we're recording this, there was a shooting in Atlanta last week. There was a shooting mm. last night in Boulder, mm-hmm. Colorado. And part of me is just like, what the, like how the fuck are we gonna change? Hmm. And being in the mental health field, I'm usually talking in a vacuum, like I'm already preaching to the choir, but the work that you are doing, because you are talking to people who are not going to tune into my podcast and listen to what I have to say, Mm -hmm. but they will fucking tune into yours. It's (laughs) you and the people doing the same work you do, you are who are going to change the
1: world. I hope so. I want to. That's a part of my vision and my values is saying I want to have an impact I want to leave this world in a better place. I want to make sure that I can show up and people can look at me and say, if Brian can specialize in LGBTQ entrepreneurs who run mission-driven businesses, I can do anything that I want.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, this is also, you know, just speaking to my audience directly, I know a lot of people who listen to this are people who are interested in in becoming a therapist and learning more about it. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe what I want to say to them is, do you have to become a therapist to be able to do healing work? No, (laughs) no. If you are a fucking tax attorney, just pattern your life after Brian and do the healing work. But seriously, like I am so glad I invited you on here, and I'm kind of blown away by just how impactful your work is Mm. from a healing perspective. Like, I I already knew like we'd get into this and it would be great, but like this is what you're saying right now really is like changing something inside of me, Mm. and like. I feel like I can have more optimism Like, and I'm serious. I'm not being yeah. hyperbolic. Like, I've just had such a pain in my soul seeing the divisiveness and seeing everything going down, especially since the pandemic, the selfishness, right? And just knowing the work that you're doing and that you are speaking to people who will never listen to me and never listen to people like me. That's fucking it, man. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you for the work that you do because you speak to people that won't listen to me, right? It's a part of us all doing our thing and working together. Not one person is going to solve this. It's all of us. No,
0: you're not going to do it all.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to do it all. (laughs) Nor do I want to do it all. But if I focus on my thing and you focus on your thing and we change people's lives and what we do and how all of a sudden it creates that ripple effect that I was talking about. We can change the world, but it takes knowing ourselves, knowing what we're passionate about and going after it and doing it. Mm.
0: You're so good. I just love it. Oh my God. (laughs) Stop saying it, Sarah. Be cool, Sarah. Be cool. Okay. Um, Oh, and I do
1: want to say one other thing about that therapist comment. mm -hmm. I actually do get all the time that, oh, are you a therapist? Or do you, do you work in some sort of therapist capacity? It's so funny. This is why I think that therapy is definitely a mission driven business is that mm-hmm. that is usually the only space where people are listened to and people are actually heard mm. and validated. And when they find somebody else doing it, that's their only reference point. Oh, this, you must be a therapist.
0: Wow. That's fascinating.
1: Yeah. And if we could all learn how to do that, it wouldn't be as abnormal. And that's what I'm hoping will also change, right? I, I don't want to be a mm. therapist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not qualified to be a therapist, but I know how to hold space. And I know how to validate. And I learned so much from my personal therapy. I learned so much from people like you on how to do that. And learn from Ellen on how to show up authentically. And that's mm. what it's about.
0: Mm. For me. Mm. <sighs> oh, man. I am. Something is like moving internally in a good way. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Like you're reconfiguring something in my soul.
1: What do you do with that?
0: Thank you for that. I am going to need to integrate hmm. this. This is... I mean, there's some episodes that like when it's when I'm recording it, I'm like, I have to listen back to this like multiple times <laughs> to like really get the medicine. Yeah. But you are giving me a lot of medicine I didn't know I needed. Mm. So you for sure are a healer. Check plus. Thanks.
1: I, I love to be thought of as a healer. <laughs> and I love to learn from other healers like you because we're all trying to get to the same place and do the same thing.
0: mm. How do you feel about the term wounded healer?
1: I don't know that I've ever thought about it, but it makes sense. Well, hello. Yeah. I mean, we're all wounded in some way, right? We're all imperfect. That's also something that I've had to learn to let go of that perfectionism and realize, oh, I don't need to be perfect. I can just be myself. I don't need to say the right thing or impress people. I can just be myself. And I have trauma in my life and in my history. And in the end, that actually helps me relate to other people who also have trauma because they know that they're not the only one. And that, I was having a conversation last week about someone who feels like they're just becoming an adult and realizing that nobody knows what's what's happening. Nobody knows what they're mm-hmm. doing.
0: Welcome.
1: Yep. It's just, we're all pretending. You see this in the government. You see this as the pandemic came, nobody was in <sighs> control. Mm-mm. And so the fact that you can still be wounded and still help heal makes sense to me. And you can still, this is what I, I love about Al-Anon is that I can be brand new and offer a revelation to somebody that's been in the program for 27 years, which is why we let everybody speak. That's
0: right. Mm -hmm.
1: It's not all of us being on different tiers or being on different levels. It's all of us trying to share and get everybody else to the same space, which is also, Mm -hmm. I think, what I'm trying to do is make sure that we can all learn from each other, be authentic, be out there, be yourself, and make us all better. Mm. I'm curious to hear more about why you chose that as the that's the title of the, that's
0: podcast. the title. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, part of it was just a download.
1: Hmm. Like
0: sometimes I just get a title or like the head heart therapy, the name of my business. Yeah. It was just kind of a thing that like, this is what it is. And then I had gone through some papers that years ago I had taken some notes from a Brene Brown training and hmm. I had written head dash heart. Head slash heart, which is what the name of my business was. So like I got a download, right? So that was part of what happened with this. I don't know. It was just like conversations with a wounded healer. That's what mm-hmm. it's called. And then Young coined the term, Carl Young, who's a famous psychoanalyst, contemporary of Freud. He coined the term, you know, in terms of a therapist, essentially being a wounded healer. And it just, it just felt right. It just happened. Amazing.
1: And you consider yeah. yourself a wounded healer?
0: Yeah. Oh, Yeah for sure. And the thing, you know, when you ask the same question over and over a trillion times, you end up getting similar results. And, you know, the only people who don't like the term wounded healer are people who feel like leaning into the word wound is almost like being a victim. And so it's interesting because basically everybody... And I'm gonna say this, and anybody who's like given me a different answer will be like, no, I didn't say that. But it feels to me when you break it down, if we are defining the word healer and wounded healer in the same way, everybody's gonna identify that way. Everybody that I've interviewed, Mm -hmm. it's only the way that people are defining the word for themselves Hmm. that changes how they feel about the title, which is so interesting. That, like, I think, again, it goes back to this idea of being black and white. We think we're saying something that you understand, but the meaning can change mm-hmm. just based on like what you think that word means, even if it's the same word, right? Like yep. the word love.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> right? Like yeah. I mean, that's a great example of a word that can mean a trillion different things. Mm-hmm. If we don't get curious about the language and what that language means to you, because mm-hmm. it is unique to every person, then exactly. we don't fucking know what we're talking about.
1: Exactly right. I take my clients through a values exercise and they start out with a list of a hundred words. Yeah, right? and you, I love
0: that. Brent, yes, and the so value you, sort. Correct. That is a therapy thing. So oh, I love that you're stealing it. It is. In. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Mine now.
1: <laughs> yep. And people love it. And then you, But you still mm-hmm. get down to those four core, five or seven and you have to define them. What does mm-hmm. love mean to you? What does yes. wellness mean to you? What does passion mean to you? I love being able to see people think that through. No, it's amazing.
0: Dude. Oh, that's so good. I should give you more of those ideas. <laughs> Please.
1: I, I will like take them. Like thera-
0: more therapy tricks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Sprinkle them in them. there.
1: <laughs> I'm also a registered life planner. And so I've learned a lot of stuff in that, that concept, that teaching of like, oh, how do you get people's core going? I feel like all these exercises about getting people motivated and getting people on fire have been so powerful. I truly love it.
0: mm. Well, it's almost been an hour and it's probably good to let you go and do whatever chill things you're going to do for your evening. Yeah. Before you go first, tell everybody how they find you and where they learn about you. So
1: you can learn about me in several ways. My website is BT Financial, Brian Thompson Financial. If you Google that, you'll find me Brian Thompson Financial on Forbes. You can also find me at BT Financial on Twitter. BT Financial on Instagram. And I have a Facebook page and LinkedIn page as well. So pretty much everywhere. And my new podcast is the Mission Driven Business Podcast. And you can listen to that yes. anywhere you download podcasts. Got to get used to saying yeah, that.
0: Very good. Yes, <laughs> <you do. laughs> like and subscribe, except we're not supposed to say subscribe anymore. It's follow now.
1: Oh, like and follow then.
0: Like and follow.
1: Why is this subscribe a bad word? And, and well,
0: It's not a bad word. It's just uh, iTunes is errr. See, it's not even iTunes anymore. All these things keep changing. Um, Apple Podcast is just changing. They're going to do what Spotify has been doing all along, mm-hmm. which is follow instead of subscribe. Got it. You can still say subscribe, but that's just not what they're doing anymore.
1: Okay. Like and follow, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I guess anything that I didn't ask you that you want to share with people or a, or a nugget of wisdom to go out on? Uh, I
1: don't think so. I, I, I really enjoy our conversations always, and I feel like this is just another good one that we've had. And I'm glad to share anything. And if people have any feedback or questions, feel free to reach out. I love talking and learning. So let me know.
0: You're awesome. I love you.
1: Love you too. I think you're awesome. Yay!
0: Thank you so much to Brian for being an amazing friend and an amazing guest. If you'd like to learn more about Brian, please check out our website at www.headhearttherapy.com/podcast. Thanks as always to the Creative Imposter Studios for editing, to Liam O'Donnell for the album art, and to Ben Mueller for our theme music. Until next time, bye-bye.